Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It's great to be with you. I hope you had a great weekend. Appreciate you joining us. Good Monday to you. I'm Jeff. That is Tom Lang. And over there is Director Matthew on Twitter. It's at J Cameron Show. And away we go. Let's do it. Later in the program, managing editor Iris Chaffel will join us from over there at uh, Amelia Island. Beautiful place to be. I used to vacation there as a little kid all the time. I'm kind of envious every year when he goes over there to cover for us the uh, ACC uh, meetings, the first of the get-togethers, if you will. It's not the same as ACC kickoff, obviously, which is later on this summer when we all go to Charlotte, and uh, we'll do that again. But uh, these these meetings where the athletic directors get together and it's all the sports and it's uh, time to sit down and talk about some things to put on the agenda, some some talk, talking items. Ira's over there covering that at Amelia Island. We'll be for the next three days. He'll join us in the second hour. The reason it's important, obviously, is these things have been elevated. In the past, you take kind of a cursory glance at what was happening over there, and all right, ho hum. There's a talking point. Rules change. They're doing something different with basketball. Tennis wants this. Whatever. Now it's every one of these things becomes an opportunity for Florida State's athletic director Michael Alford to tell the league that Florida State's unhappy with the financial arrangement. That Florida State is unhappy with the way that monies are doled out throughout the ACC, and. Um, you know, I don't know that anything will be solved whatsoever. In fact, how about this? I do know. I do know nothing will be solved whatsoever at these meetings regarding compensation to the university. They're not suddenly at this meeting in Amelia Island going to go, you know what? You're right. You're right. We're quadrupling what we give you in Clemson. Our bad all along. We recognize the error of our ways. Let's move forward with a new agreement. Everybody cool with that? Florida State and Clemson get four to five times more than the rest of us. Everybody good? That ain't going to happen. But it is a chance for Coach, uh, coach, for Athletic Director Alfred to say, hey, man, this is not going to get it done. We're not going away. Our requests continue to be that things have to change. I don't know at the end of the day, is this an effort? Tom, I would ask you this just out of curiosity. You know, I and I'll ask Ira this when he comes on, you know, is this a, the squeaky, you know, wheel gets the grease or whatever it is. I mean, I, I mean, is this, what are we just going to continue to bitch and bitch and bitch until they just get, it becomes untenable. And they're like, we can't, there, there's no help in Florida state. They're just furious. Why don't we, why don't we present a number? Why don't we give them a number so that they can take it on down the road? I'm tired of these meetings. I think that's potentially one outcome, uh, which we would all be okay with. Yeah, I think even yeah. the university brass would mm. be okay with. If there was a number disclosed, then it becomes, how do we get to the number? How do we arrive to where we can create the settlement and space it out over time? I think the other potential benefit would be you are proving in front of the pen and mic club, in front of cameras and official, you know, there's an official transcript of what you said that you have exhausted all options. In case this does go to a prolonged right, legal battle, right. you can show that you have had displeasure that has been communicated both behind the scenes and then publicly. We have been saying this for years, mm, in short. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that helps you at all in a legal battle. Maybe in a civil court it would, maybe not. But I think that, yeah, you're trying to be the squeaky wheel to get whatever you can to also 
piss off the people who are saying, all right, you know what? You want to go? Just leave. And then also perhaps there's a benefit in the legal realm if it gets to that down the line, which I think everybody's trying to avoid. The reason we haven't done it yet is because we don't want to go to court when we don't know the parameters by which we could win or lose. Well, all right. You go back, and I would invite everybody to go over to warchant.com, and if you do, you'll see there is a story written by the aforementioned Iris Chappelle, managing editor at warchant.com. Florida State intends to turn up heat for greater revenue at ACC spring meetings this week. That's the headline. Now, if you click on that story and you read it, it does go back and it recaps how this got started. Second-year athletic director Michael Alford saying, look, man, we're not backing down this go-around. It goes back and it documented the Board of Trustees, the FSU Board of Trustees meeting that was on YouTube that everybody saw that created quite a stir, at least in the world of college athletics, big-time college football, uh, because that's when the whole country got wind of how uncomfortable and angry and frustrated and the amount of displeasure Florida State was feeling about the current arrangement. And also it projected bigger problems down the line. It was something that portends of today's meeting and others in the future, including the ACC kickoff that will attend because it's, it's going to be echoed there from the stage repeatedly, I would think. This has become now the main talking point for Mike Alford and all of those associated with Florida State, whether that is in front of the camera or behind the camera. This is what they talk about now. It is going to be the central theme of any discussion related to Florida State and the ACC. That theme being, we're not happy here. We hate this arrangement. It's not fair. We're more valuable than all of you put together. You know it and I know it. What are you going to do about it? And I think what's also going to be the norm is them, without saying it, saying nothing. We're going to do nothing about it because you can't do anything. We're going to sit here and wait it out until they don't, until they don't. And we don't know when that is. And that makes it all the more comfortable, uncomfortable because you are in limbo. And every year that goes by is another year that you fall further behind. You, file, you fall behind to the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, it's more important in the SEC because uh, that is in the footprint of where it is you recruit. And when you lose out on opportunities because they all have better facilities and better coaches because they can pay them more and invest more, then you are going to fall further and further behind every year that this goes on. Yeah, there's a couple of ways you can go here in, in getting out of this arrangement. Number one is finding a settlement fee and coming to an agreement on a settlement fee. That clearly has not happened yet, and if it did, we wouldn't know it because it's not a good enough number for us. It's not reachable. So either one of those two things, if the settlement fee was there and we liked the number, this would already have happened. The other way to get out of it is you have enough votes to disband the conference, and I don't think those middle-tier institutions in this conference yet have a better option than staying put in the ACC. But that might change. That could change. Maybe if whatever the Big 12 is going to call itself, maybe it'll stay the Big 12, but as they're adding on a bunch of group of five schools like UCF, among others, if you can prove to the Louisvilles of the world and maybe a few others in that tier of the ACC that it is financially in your best interest to cut bait now and go latch on to the Big 12 and get those new... TV deals because they're going to renew their agreement before ours is even up. Yeah, 2030-2031. Maybe at that point you can amass the votes because Clemson already is with us. We know that. So we got one. We think North Carolina would be with us. That's two. You I, need to get to what? Seven? Eight teams? Eight. Yeah, I think it's eight. Uh, by the way, yes, North Carolina is with you. Yes, Clemson is with you. So you have three there. 
One would presume Miami is with you. That is four. I think Virginia would want to go to the Big Ten. Yeah. Some degree. I think the Big Ten would want North Carolina as well and maybe Miami. Sure. But anyhow, so Who cares? it doesn't really matter. As long as, long as, as they, they want to go, yeah. that's yeah. a yes. All right. So Virginia, North Carolina, Miami, Clemson, Florida State. I would throw in there Louisville for sure. Yeah. NC State for sure. Now it gets interesting. Virginia Tech seems to be a prime candidate in that situation. Pitt would be valuable as well I think, to some other conference. If it was the Big 12, you, could, the, you, you could reestablish West Virginia and Pitt. Yeah, I, so you just, you're just trying to get to a number where perhaps you could dissolve the conference and there's enough there for you. And you got to continue to hope that there's enough interest, whether it's the Big 10, Big 12, SEC. Now, I can tell you this. I spoke with uh, Andy Staples uh, the other day, and we talked about a lot about this. I know he has since come up and interviewed the coaches and Mike Alford here in Tallahassee. One of the things, without getting into too many details, and I certainly don't want to sell him down the river, but he is certainly in tune and connected to the SEC. Not like he would sell you down the well, river calling plays in the spring here, here we go. Yeah. Anyhow, when we talked, I – you know, we, we talked a lot about this situation. And one of the things that he noted, and this is not, you know, this is not sensitive information. One of the things that he's noted that he's been told by people in the SEC, and I would presume that that is athletic directors, is that, yeah, there's keen interest in Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina and probably Virginia. Absolutely there is. But the conference understands that they cannot be seen as having to tamper with or, or caught doing anything like this behind the scenes because they don't want to get sued. And they know that that is exactly what the ACC is waiting to do, catch either the Big Ten or the SEC tampering with members of their conference to try to arrange a deal behind the scenes through a go-between of some kind. And if they could prove that, you could sue for hundreds of millions of dollars and no conference wants any part of that litigation. They yeah. don't want any part of that. They don't want to lose the money, and they also don't want to get caught up in the courts. That would track. That that just kind of makes sense because of the Texas-Oklahoma situation, the USC-UCLA situation, mm -hmm. that now everybody's antennae are up. Oh, they're all like, oh, wait, oh yeah. who else are you coming for? Yes, they yeah. now know that their conference, not named the Big Ten or the SEC, is there to be raided by the Big Two. They know this. And so, yes, they know it. Well, listen, Florida State's made it abundantly clear that they're open to the idea. They'd like to listen to these other conferences, in particular the SEC and the Big Ten, about potential offers. But that can never be found out. That can never be tracked. That can never be something that could, you know, you, you can't have that be in a situation where it's provable. Because at that point, you're going to court, it's hundreds of millions of dollars, and they want no part of that. So, in essence, what I've been told is that However it would get done, we all know how these things work, we'd love to have you. I can't tell you that we'd love to have you, but we'd love to have you. Just understand, we're not going out to dinner if you're still married. It just ain't happening. That's just never going to happen. You need to be officially divorced. You need to be free and clear. There has to be, the papers are signed. Well, you're yeah. out the door. Yeah, that's the thing that's across the board here, whether you're talking about Florida State or Clemson or a different conference. Nobody wants to go to court. No. Everybody is trying to pay as little as they have to in order to avoid court so they can move on. That's what's really going on here. 
and there's going to be grandstanding and posturing across the board within the ACC. And I, I wonder how much is going to happen at Amelia. That's what's interesting to me when they do these breakouts. This isn't a regimented event like the kickoff in Charlotte, in which it's like, all right, here's the commissioner's forum for 45 minutes. It's 30 minutes for him to speak, 15-minute questions, and then here are your five teams for the day. It's not like that at all. It's, do I feel like stopping and talking to these dudes that are outside the ballroom or not? Right. Or ladies. And so I wonder if officials from Florida State or Jim Phillips himself or maybe some other uh, athletic directors, like Swarbrick said something ridiculous last year about you know the monies and and he's at an ACC event and he's just kind of like LeBron to the people of Cleveland during the yeah, decision. Just just peeing on him. Right, exactly. So I just wonder who that person is going to be and how many of them there are going to be because this to me feels like the era of the grandstanding before things actually get done. Yeah, and and Life Spectator, let me uh, address this. We're all well aware that the grant of rights provision is that teams cannot just go and jump to another conference. That money, TV revenue. Uh, that they would then earn from, say, the SEC, since we're using that example, would all go to the ACC. We're talking about a negotiation and a discussion that would see them not just buy their way out of the ACC, but the grant of rights. That we're yeah. talking. That's why the number goes from 100 million to 500 to 600 to 700 million. It'd have to be an agreed upon thing. Yeah. Yes, we're letting you out from under this incredibly restrictive contract. You are free to leave for this price. This is they laid it out very clearly at the board of trustees meeting. Almost like they rehearsed it. Almost like they rehearsed it word for word. I'm not sure. But it was what's the price for 3 years for the buyout of the ACC? And they said it's 100 million, 120 million, whatever it was. And nobody blinked. They're like, yeah, all right, that's fine. But what about this next level for mm -hmm. the grant of rights? Mm -hmm. So the actual buyout, if you want to get really contractually technical, the actual buyout's cheap by the standards of, oh, of doing business. Cheap. But it's that GOR. It's that tack on. That's the, that's the whole thing. And what is that amount? Yeah, and nobody gives a damn about the minuscule amount when we're talking about big-time college football and the revenues to be made that it takes to get out of the ACC. It's the grant of rights. That's, that's the whole thing. Is there a number? Is there a magical number out there? Is there a number where the ACC goes, we're going to lose them anyhow? It's a little bit like free agency. We've had yep. this discussion. Yeah. If you're a free agent ball player in a market like, I don't know, Pittsburgh, and uh, there you are kicking ass, and your name is Garrett Cole. And the Pirates go, yeah, man, it was cool. We drafted you. We developed you in the minor leagues. You've gone on to be a superstar, and we have zero chance of signing you because we're cheap, and we know you're going to go make $280 million. All right, well, we're three years out from that. We're two years out from that. You better make a deal while you have some leverage to get something back in return. And that's what you have to hope that the ACC and the powers that be are like, we're going to lose Florida State. We're going to lose Clemson. This is where this is headed. Let's get a lot of money up front from them before we do. Which is why I thought once the Texas-Oklahoma buyout provision was public knowledge and, and how that money was dispersed to the Big 12 or will be in the future dispersed to the Big 12, I thought, okay, this is this is effectively over. It's just a, it's a countdown clock. We know you're not going to make it all the way to 2036 in the ACC. Florida State will not. It's going to be very inexpensive to buy your way out well before 2036. But how soon? How soon? Yeah, this That's is the, the thing. Yeah, this is the problem, though, Tom. I, I agree with you. I, I don't know if we would agree on exactly when these things meet, but I would say it's 2023. We are a long ways off from 2036. Even if they tell you, you know, in, in a perfect world, okay, 2028, you probably have a number that's reasonable for all involved. Man, that's too long. 
It's too long. You cannot be in this conference starting this next year for too much longer. It's $30 million per that you're falling behind every year you do. I agree. I just, you can't do it. That's why I think it's 26 is that outer limit because that is a 10-year window to the end of the contract, roughly speaking. You saw the precedent was set by Texas and OU at $50 million for the year. So at five, I think at $500 million all in, all in, I think we could do it and we could swing that deal because it's against future payouts. It's against future earnings. So I think they could do that, but I don't think that number's there right now. I just, I, I think it's got to be higher. It must be because $500 million, I mean, if we're being really honest about this and you're out from under the grant of rights, meaning you get to keep what's coming to you when you join the SEC or the Big Ten, is not a lot of money. Not because you're going to finance it for 30 years. So you'll be upside down for 10. And then you're rich. Universities borrow hundreds of millions of dollars from the state all the time. I mean, there you go. Just do it. It's not unprecedented. Borrow, finance it, 30 years, $500 million. We're going to be swimming in cash by the time we get to the 10-year mark. So I don't know. I, I just think if that were the number, if it were even close to that, I mean, it seems to me it would be way off or we'd be hearing a greater whisper, a more consistent yeah, no, conversation. I'm thinking that's where at, t at 10 years out from the contract expiring in 2036, I think that's when it gets to that number. The question is, could you say, you want the money now or later? Because we could give that money to you now so you could get started on your next venture, ACC. We're not walking together till death do us part. It's not happening. <laughs> So do you want the money now, or do you want to make that agreement now, or do you want to do it in three years from now? Yeah, but they to say, which, well, we want to do it three or four years from now. You, you say, damn it. You say, damn it, man. No, it's, not, it's not tenable. It's not good. Then you're $90 million in the hole. Uh-uh. I, I, no. I don't know the answer. Well, it's not about they're, – they're not going to set up a payment system based upon eyes on sets. We know they're not going to do that because for the same reason, they'll look at you and say, yeah, so you want a greater share of the pie now yeah. so you can pay off the, the debt when you want to leave yeah, us, you just get, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. I'm paying you more money to leave me sooner. Yeah. No, no, not doing not it. Do that. It will be fascinating, but it also is very, very interesting. I mean, these meetings, like I said, used to be, whoa, 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 whoa. oh, who cares? You know, maybe we'd get a new rule change, or they would agree upon something relatively minor. There was a little time there where you'd maybe get some insight as to how soon the network was going to get uh, created. Yeah. You know, there was a time there where, you you know, Ira would be like, looks like they're going to start the network next year or whatever. But, yeah, I think I mean, uh, they uh, doing away with divisions. The 5-3-3 was the big headline. Yeah, it was the, yeah. You know, so, it's, it's usually procedural. Now we're really smack dab in the middle of a fierce battle between those that seek to matter and continue to play big-time college football and join what, in essence, is a semi-pro league with super conferences and those that don't care to be a part of that who say that is not our design, our belief, this is never what we wanted. And that's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, if you're Wake Forest or somebody like that, a really small institution, they've done probably, in fairness to them, better than they have a right to, given the enrollment. I mean, you you might opt out. You might say that's that's never been our command. That's never been our charge. We've never – I mean, it's nice. We understand the importance of a football program, and we'd like not to suck, but – you know, we're, we're, we're not all in the way that Clemson's in. We're not all in by the way the SEC is in with Alabama and Georgia and teams like that. We're not ever going to do that. It's not who we are. We know we can't compete on that level. 
we're going to go ahead and take it on over here and be part of that group that's not part of the massive semi-pro league you're discussing basically starting now. But we are part of that group. We are part of that group that wants in. We anted up a long time ago. I talked about this. When you added on and did what you did to the erector set, which is what we called Doe Campbell back in the day, and you had it become one of the great facades at all of college football and up over 80,000 people, and you were beginning to pay competitive prices for coaches, you told everybody you cared very deeply about playing big-time, massive games in college football's elite of the elite. We're in that group. Clemson's in that group. Precious few are in this conference. It makes it very untenable. Remember the scheduling alliance with the Big Ten and the Pac-12? Remember that? <laughs> yeah. What was it called again? It was, it was the uh, it was the alliance. It was the it? alliance. Yeah. Well, now the Big Ten is mulling over isolationism and going to non-conference games and removing the Power Five out-of-conference opponent mm -hmm. rule. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming the SEC is going to follow suit, do the same thing. I know that you know the news this weekend. There, yeah, we're not playing those games, guys. The Georgia game was finalized again. Like, it's I, not okay. going to happen. But I think what's going to happen is those two conferences are going to wall everything off from the others that are in the old Power Five as they assume control as Power Two. And then magically there's going to be a requirement that they play each other out of conference because it's going to be one network. You could probably say something that's not clean, but it's just one big handshake between the networks. We'll put it that way. I think that's where this is going to go. It's just right now we're on the outside looking in. I think we'll be on the inside when it's all said and done. Oh, when but it's all said just, and done, we these, will. these are tense times. Well, they're tough times, too. It's, it, it, how far are you going to be behind when you join is the biggest question. And also, how much of an effect while you're lingering behind is that going to have on your other sports? You know, I think I think you can pour everything you want into football and still compete at a high level for a long period of time. But I think you're screwed in everything else once you do it. A hundred percent agree. A hundred percent. I think football can survive and even thrive for another half decade. And I don't think it's it's going to be that difficult to do so. It's still Florida State. Yeah. And if you look at athletic department budgets and so forth, we're, we're one of the biggest in the country. But it's those other sports. Yeah, so say if, goodbye to everything else that you've it, enjoyed. If you want it to be a competitive athletic department, which that's been our tradition around here, you know, we don't operate with nearly as much coin as Stanford does, and yet we're always in that top 10, top 7 of the Capital One Cup. Used to be the Sears Trophy, the, buddy. The Director's Cup standing, yeah, as they right. call it. Yeah. Like, we're always, if that's, if that's what you want this athletic department to be about, then you are actually for moving sooner. You would think moving sooner is about football. I think moving sooner is about all of the sports. Oh, it's about all of it. It's about all of it. Yeah, it's about operating with a budget that allows you to compete across the board, but certainly, first and foremost, that is with football. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply what's up guys our next partner that you're going to hear from is athletic greens you've heard me talk about athletic greens in the past happy to talk about them again i take athletic greens every day 
And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. And I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Chef Cameron Show on a Monday. Glad to be with you. Glad you're with us. Appreciate you very much. Florida State softball set to host. Yay, yay. Also, the baseball team beat the number one team in the country. <laughs> How about that? With a little chirping back and forth and everything. How about that? Let me get to this, though. It's the uh, bigger of the accomplishments. Florida State softball will host their ninth straight NCAA regional, tabbed as the number three overall seed in the 2023 NCAA softball tournament. Uh, they'll face Marist on Friday, if you're wondering. They are the MAAC champions. Hey, that's Iona's conference. There you go. Uh, that's at 4 p.m. If you're if you're planning on heading over that way, 4 p.m. We get off the air on a Friday. You could maybe make your way. Over. I think that means there will be thunderstorms. It's a regional in Tallahassee, after all, isn't it? It's the law. Uh, the number two seed is South Carolina in this. They are 37 and 20. They'll face number three seed UCF. That game is at 7 p.m. on Friday night. And uh, as far as accomplishments go, and a model of consistency, which is really another aspect of greatness, and it's a big aspect of greatness. You can be really good for a singular season or two, or you can catch lightning in a bottle. It's a whole other thing to be a, an ass-kicking machine for uh, decades on end. And what Florida State has been able to develop here, uh, Coach Alameda and her staff, uh, is uh, a level of greatness and consistency that is the envy of most of uh, the college softball world. A couple of exceptions, Oklahoma, the national one seed, is uh, obviously a juggernaut. But uh, really, who's been better than Florida State not named Oklahoma? This has been a really, really, really consistent and dominant program. And Oklahoma's been a disappointment. I mean, when you grab eight out of the top ten recruits every single year out of high school, you mm. really should never, ever lose. Uh, you should be on some sort of UCLA streak, whether that's a— uh, getting I, closer. North Carolina <laughs> women's soccer, UCLA. Yeah. But, I mean, really, you should never lose. Gasso, it's it's actually very disappointing, uh, the kind of product that you're putting out there relative to the talent that you disparity have. Yeah. that there is. Yeah. So. Congrats to them and overcoming one of the worst ACC umpiring. How about umpiring. that? Oh, How about dude. that? 
I watched it live. It's something to behold. Director Matthew was hanging around at that time, and he saw my displeasure. I've never seen something called on the exchange that looked anything remotely like that. Yeah. It is yeah, an you, exceptional that play. That picture is awesome with the umpire in the background. Indeed. You're like, what are we doing It's an here? exceptional play at third base to keep it from going into the corner. Like that, It's a yeah. wonderful play. But when the player themselves runs immediately to the softball. Scurries understanding that they did indeed not make that catch. I mean, it's just an atrocious call. I'm mm-hmm. glad it didn't cost the Knowles. They probably should have played a little bit less softball because you know, they're going to score their second and third one out. I always wonder, by the way, um, if you're an umpire or an official in basketball, you see it a lot. They make anticipatory calls a lot, and they don't mean to. You're not supposed to do that, but it happens a ton. You see officials anticipate contact on a shot when there isn't any. Um, you see them anticipate a charge, and it turns out that the player had better body control and didn't charge, you know, that kind of stuff, and they blow the whistle. You know, we've all made a ton of mistakes. We've all seen something a certain way and realized a half a second later as our brain processed what we just witnessed that it didn't go the way we thought it was going to. You always wish that they that the umpire or the referee in that situation would be free to just, my bad, my bad, I thought she was going to catch it. I signaled. Yeah. I wanted to be on top of the call quickly so that the runners knew, and I made a call, and it wasn't the right call. Safe. My apologies. Like, the thing you, is, you'd have to put them on first and you, second, you I think, would. in that situation. I, I know, but, and they never do it. But it's better it. than, you know, the inning's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that is the tough part. Like, you wish that the person would be free to say, my bad, my bad, I made this mistake. Because most of us, maybe not in the throes of the moment with all of our competitive juices flowing, but most people get that it ain't easy, that that's a job where if you make a mistake, Everybody sees it, and, you know, you'd like a do-over on occasion. Most people could live with that, but they never do it. They always have to stay by it, and then everything is in place set up to protect them. Because how many, especially in college sports, boy, they butcher reviews in college sports like it's their job. They'll review a play, see what we all saw, which was the mistake, and then go, nope, no evidence to reverse. I mean, Eric Llewellyn's done a good job of laying this out with the baseball program over the years. When they go review something in baseball, it doesn't matter. Whatever that dude said on the field is what it's going to be. They just never – they're like, screw it. We're not overturning Larry. There's no – Larry, you're good with us, baby. I don't even need to see this replay. We're just going to waste everybody's time for 10 minutes. It's nuts how often they just side with whatever was called. Can't do that. Otherwise, just don't have replay. Just don't have it. That way games get done a little bit quicker and we'll accept the fact that, you know, like we did for the better part of 80 years, refs blow calls. I just want to know what it would have looked like if it was, in fact, a play at third base in which there was a transfer being made. What kind of Neo in the Matrix move would you have to make (laughs) to dive, to snag the ball out of the air, stop its momentum, Mm. and then transfer it as you're doing what? Like dropping down and avoiding the bullets and then firing to first base? Like What kind of movement would it have had to have been? That, that would have been the question you could have asked the umpire. It would yes. have been a great question. Well, I would have taken after you with Michael Kelly after the Nigel Bradham yeah. hit on LeRon What Burr. was it they were – yes. Yeah. That was a fun conversation. How would day. you – okay, so if she's transferring, where's she going to catch the ball, Blue? <laughs> By her ankle because she's contorting herself like she's a Romanian gymnast? It's a soccer. She was going to do it on her knee, make a play, a little juggling. 
It is the 23rd straight season that the Knowles have made an NCAA regional. They are a, uh, basically on a six, well, they are on a 16-game win streak. They won their 19th ACC championship uh, with that 2-1 to win over Duke. Um, so uh, those tickets are, are sold out. It took five minutes. Quite literally five minutes from the time the games ended and the announcement was made, and yeah, that's the end of that. I can tell you that it's impossible to get a grandstand seat for softball. The good news is... Across the street at yes, that parking yes. garage where you're drinking and having a blast yeah. is just fine. Like there are some seats in that right field line where they have the uh, the unlimited food and uh, beer and wine. It's basically the price of the Champions Club for football, so it'll hurt your feelings a little bit. But to get grandstand seating, the level of booster you got to be now. The program has been totally embraced, and yeah. it's just so funny to me in a good way because Hauser was the epicenter of that part near the Leech. It was the epicenter of all things sports right there in that little quadrant. And now it's softball. And I don't know that it's that close. It's going to take a little time. Link, obviously, has got a lot of work to do this offseason. Oh. But softball, that is its own <laughs> atmosphere with the parking garage and the people along the hill, along uh, outside the fence area. They, they probably need to add seating out there in left field if they can. Let's do it. I mean, that's – but by the way – just to put a ribbon on the previous talking point, and, and, and actually it's not going to be a rhythm because I want to address another uh, ribbon. I want to address another aspect of all of this, our situation in the ACC that we're dealing with and the money and the frustration and all of it and how it affects everything. Okay, so we, this softball program that we hold near and dear that has earned its way as one of the preeminent programs in all the land, Juan Alameda has been pursued by everybody in the SEC at various points. They've offered above and beyond any reasonable market value because they have more money than sense. And as this continues, there will be at some point a number that she cannot turn down. That's just the way that's going to happen. For the longer we stay in this godforsaken conference and trail, at some point, an SEC school is going to offer a softball coach a non-revenue sport for the most part, guys. A softball coach. I'm not demeaning anything. I'm, this is the reality of the situation. They're going to offer a softball coach two or three million dollars a year. She'd be crazy not to say I'm leaving. Correct, but I will say that as the, the future of FSU softball and FSU soccer, I think are secure. Like I think the, the, a lot of other sports will have to go down before you get to those sports on the women's side of the ledger. But it won't. It's not going to take as long as you think. Look at the. Look at how pervasive this is now across the ACC. This conference is no longer the preeminent basketball conference. It was far and away the most dominant conference in basketball. There were a few exceptions, occasionally the Big East back when it was a juggernaut, and other conferences every now and again rose up. The ACC is not the first best conference. It's not the second best conference in basketball anymore, and it's not about to be anytime soon. It's no longer an elite, well, I won't say that, it's still a very, very, very good baseball conference, but it's not the SEC in baseball. It's not, and we're. It's going gonna. The gap's gonna continue to widen. This is depressing. I mean, we're going to continue to watch this pile up, and and I hate it. And I know at some point, even a conference that houses uh, Florida State soccer and Florida State softball, which is, I mean, obviously those are two juggernaut programs, are gonna get rated. With the excess funds, somebody's going to say, well, we could win like that. We could win like that. We have an extra $100 million with all the money we're swimming in now. We can't put it in facilities anymore. Let's put it into coaches and players. And then you're done.
Chef Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchan TV. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchan TV. Good to be with you. And I wanted to circle back on something. And I saw somebody brought it up in the chat. I've thought this very same thing. Yeah, I have. And uh, I don't think I don't think you're wrong, but I, I think there's uh, other ways to look at this. Okay, uh, where is it? I want to give the right person credit. Uh, they mentioned that for as long as we continue to uh, to angrily discuss our situation in the ACC and trying to get the hell up out of here, uh, the more we do it the more difficult it's going to be made on us uh, during the uh, during the football season. That Florida State, uh, yeah, Tony wrote, uh, telling you the more we push to get out of here, the more the refs are going to screw FSU. Okay, so there's a few things here. There is, to some degree, a misnomer about officials in Florida State. There is also the reality that routinely the best teams in the conference, the the most elite teams in the conference, lately it's been Clemson, but when it was us, it's never been Miami, oddly enough. Uh, Which is strange because I I believe ACC stands for all Canes Conference. At one time, that that was the thought process for Miami fans. Still waiting on that elusive first ever ACC. They're not going to get one. They're not going to get one. It's not going to. This conference is yeah. going to blow up it's before they can do it. Dissolve before they can ever win one. It actually, while we're on the subject, it is remarkable to think. Now, like if you wanted to get depressed as a Miami fan, you have a lot of options. But sweet Jesus, say that one over to you over and over and over again to yourself. You've never won the ACC. The ACC. This conference, not the SEC, you've never won the ACC. I mean, sweet Jesus, you've only ever played for the ACC title one time, once, and you got blown out. Now, by the way, if you wonder, like, how improbable that is, Missouri played for the SEC championship, like, the first year they were in the conference. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Back-to-back years out of the East. I mean, that's that's just imagine how depressing that is. It is tough to imagine how depressing that is. I like trying to. I think also maybe we should call Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M's trophy maker to see if we can issue Miami an ACC football championship trophy just with a blank area for where the year is engraved. Because remember, Jimbo was given a national championship trophy when he took over the Aggies yeah, program. Yeah, just didn't have the date. Just, just didn't have the date. The date is coming to be determined. Miami accepted an invitation to join the ACC in 2003, guys. <laughs> it's a long time. I was in high school. Uh, it's something to behold. All right. So back to this other point. Will Florida State's incessant bitching about the financial disparity of this conference and where we sit in it lead to a discrepancy or an inordinate number of calls 
against Florida State during football games this year. The probably universally agreed upon, and they would be anecdotal, but universally agreed upon answer to that amongst this fan base is absolutely, 100%, it's going to happen. I'm not that conspiratorial. I know incompetence is an awfully big part of what happens in officiating. I also know that uh, teams that are bigger, stronger, faster always get called for more penalties than everybody else. So there's a part of me that's like, when we get called for more penalties this year, I know the fans are going to say it's because we're constantly bitching about the situation in the ACC. I'm going to tell you it's because we're finally bigger, stronger, faster again, that it matters. We, along with, in the years Miami was actually good, but certainly Clemson and any other team that was really good in a given period of time in the ACC, Virginia Tech back that brief period of time, always got called for more penalties. The bigger, stronger, faster teams do. Officials, whether they know it or not, subconsciously feel bad for those that are impotent to stop a deadly force. Like when, when, when you are not equipped to handle the situation, you're more inclined in those situations to call a penalty on the bully. And that has happened when we're good, always. Another thing that happened, Tom, when we were good and that happened, it didn't matter. We beat your ass by 50. That's correct. The latter point is correct. And I remember those days. Boy, these two teams lead the country in penalties. And that was Brent Musburger calling every Miami-Florida State game that was, you know, on ABC in my childhood. These are two of the most penalized teams in the country. Say the same thing about Florida in the 90s as well. But my counterpoint would be when the ACC invents ways to assert Wake Forest lead on the road two years ago, you remember that noon kickoff where there were three or four critical penalties called, one in which there is visual evidence of the referee looking in the opposite direction and just hearing the noise from the sideline and mm, throwing a flag the back, in here. Yeah. And then the roadie at Boston College, which included one of the worst punt return kick-catch interference calls you'll ever see in your life, in addition to about three or four other rulings that made absolutely no sense. Mm -hmm. Florida State wasn't that much bigger, stronger, and faster, if at all, in those two particular situations. Oh, and And yet, yeah, we can find. And yet, it was tilted. It wasn't like there were terrible calls going going both ways. I mean, you were probably, the score might at the end of the game might have been 5-1 to in favor of Florida State going the wrong way. So I ask you, did they get together beforehand and decide to screw Florida State? I will retort and say, I entertain that question. (laughs) I entertain that question. I don't know that it's an affirmative, but it's so bad. It is so bad that I have to entertain that question. Felt that way in the moment, but I I assure you, I don't think they did. I don't think they did. It's it's um it's as old as football. We, we, we know these things. It's frustrating. But when you get to that level of the job, I understand it's collegiate officiating, but when you get to that level of the profession, it would be akin to an offensive coordinator only sending eight dudes out there on back-to-back plays because he forgot there are 11. I mean, that, that, that's how absurd some of these calls are relative to what they should be calling. Yeah. I, I just I'm going to note, I'm trying to warn everybody here and everybody listening down the line and say the podcast, if you're not catching this live, oh, I'm just trying to warn you, get ready for a lot of flags. I know the the instant um, reaction to those calls, the inordinate number of calls against, let's say, is going to be, see, see, this is all the byproduct of us bitching about stuff off the field. 
it's really a very positive thing and that it's the byproduct of us getting bigger, stronger, faster. And I, I think Florida State will end up by far being the best team in this conference along with Clemson, and it won't be close with anybody else. The other place, though, you have to point to is when a replay official has a chance to make a decision. It's not just about penalizing somebody because that was that he hit him too hard, which right. is something we see a lot, and I agree with you. That's just the that human nature. That happens all the time. They just human the nature. Yeah, it's human nature. They blow but guys up. When there are replay reviews and we get three out of the first four in, Again. in conference games and you say, you saw what? You came away with what conclusion? I think the replay system throughout college football is broken. And I watch it just like you do. And I just got done talking about this earlier in the hour. We watch all the time and we see that they refuse to overturn. Like the preponderance of evidence that's necessary for them to overturn must be very different than what we would perceive it to be. Because you and I can look at a replay and go, I can see in six seconds that his foot was down. This is a catch, no catch. He's in, he's out, whatever. They watch it for five minutes and get it wrong. I don't, there has to be something that we don't know about what the evidence has to suggest. Because it can't just be what is. Because if it were just what is, we would see this get done properly more consistently. But it has to be more than that. It has to be more than that. They must have to look at 16 factors. A, it would help describe like, or it would help explain, excuse me, why the hell it takes so long to look at a replay. The other factor is what color jersey is this one team wearing? <laughs> and, oh, wait a minute. I don't think if that's it's it. Garnet, if it's Garnet, we go this way. I, I don't think that's it. Uh, Roderick, no, I don't think we want to be independent uh, right now. I, I get it. Everybody's clamoring for answers. They know this is an untenable situation. And right now, anything other than being in this conference sounds like a great suggestion. But I don't think that you want to be an independent right now. I would tell you this. I don't even think Notre Dame is going to be an independent for that much longer. Uh, at some point, they get the cold shoulder. When the Big Ten and the SEC just decides we're not scheduling Notre Dame. Keep in mind, Notre Dame has always played Southern Cal and Michigan and these teams. When they say, no, we're not playing Notre Dame. We're not playing independence. We're not playing teams outside of our conference. We're not doing that. Well, then who's Notre Dame going to play? They're going to play Air Force and Navy. They'll play a couple of other patsies and they'll, and, you know, whatever. They can amass whatever record they want. They wouldn't be in. Their schedule strength would be the worst in football history. Nobody's going to play them. So... I don't think they even want to be independent for too much longer. So, no, I, I guess the answer would be we do not want to be uh, independent. We want to be uh, we want to be in either the SEC or the Big Ten, and we want to be there really soon, damn it. Hour two forthcoming. Stay with